Welcome in to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. And this time, I think we can officially say that the Roar has returned. Whoa. The Roar has officially returned to Sacramento. We are recording this on a Thursday. No, is it Thursday? A Wednesday. Wednesday. A Wednesday morning uh, following the Sacramento Kings 153-121 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. Sad, sad boys for them. Kevin Durant was not happy after last night's game, but boy, oh boy, every single person in Sacramento is feeling the roar. They are feeling this team turning a corner. Joining me, as always, Frankie Cardicelli. Fire that thing up. Fired up on a Wednesday morning. On a Wednesday morning. Chris. Coming to last night's game, I can't remember who we were talking to. Uh, it might have been the elevator, but you were talking. We were talking to the elevator. We were talking to the elevator right. about how we felt going to last night's game, and we kind of right. all every game we do that. Right. How we feeling tonight? We feeling we feeling a win, feeling a loss. The Cleveland game last week, we were both thinking <laughs> we're getting we're going to see this team right. lose by twenty points. Right. Did not happen. Coming coming into the Friday night's game against the Lakers, I thought okay they're going to win this game pretty easily. Right. Wasn't that easy? Didn't happen. Pulled it out. Sunday night, the Kings beat the Golden State Warriors right. for the first time in years. Right. De'Aaron Fox's first time in his career beating, beating First time ever. And then coming Steph into their, their first nationally televised game on TNT in over two years, I figured, okay, maybe they can compete and just kind of show the nation that they're going to they're gonna be here this year. They're going to be competing on a nightly basis. What do they do? They bring the hammer They down. turn the fucking Jets on. <laughs> turn the Jets on. That's what they did. They turned the Jets on. Man, it was it – was, Honestly, I was telling you just before we started recording, at a certain point, and this never happens for the Kings, I was losing track just because of, I don't know if it was being stunned, but the the white jerseys, the Brooklyn Nets, just were, were kind of blending together last night. I right. just kind of was thinking, I wasn't even identifying which player was which cause, because the Kings were just completely dismantling them in every facet of the game. I mean, the Kings won what? Wasn't it a 26-2 run, I think, in the second quarter? 26-2 quarter? run. It started as a 16-0 run. Uh, yeah, I mean, that game was tied at 40-40 to at one point with, I think, nine minutes to go in the second quarter. And then the Kings just, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say they never looked back. That's like an understatement. I mean, they, they, they turned the fucking Jets on and they – they couldn't even look back because if they were to look back, they laughed at them. They laughed the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, just, a, a, I want to say a once in a lifetime performance. I, I mean, mean, well, look, look at they scored one hundred and fifty three points. Fifty three points. That's the second most in the Sacramento King or in the Sacramento era. Uh, most scored, most points scored by a team this season. One fifty three, and I believe it was the first time since nineteen ninety nine the Kings have scored that much. Ninety three. Ninety three. We weren't even alive. We were not on the planet when was happened. No. And they scored 36 points at least in every quarter. They scored 36 in the right. first, 37 in the second, 42 in the third. And then with their deep bench in the fourth, they scored 38. Bench. Matthew Delvadova and Casey Paulo were out there taking three-pointers. Let's look at some of these third-quarter stats from last night because this is absolutely insane. The Kings shot 16 of 23, 69% from the field. Nice. That is incredibly nice. Uh, 69% from the field. 8 of 12 from three, 66%. Uh, They scored 42 points, as you mentioned. 
Let's see here. They had 13 assists just in that third quarter. Uh, Terrence Davis obviously was the story of the night. He finished off with 31. He had 11 points, 4 of 4, 3 of 3 from 3 just in that third quarter. Let's talk about Terrence Davis a little bit. What a moment for TD. Uh, there's a popular saying that I like to say that you uh, you you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And that is the epitome of what Terrence Davis did last night. Uh, he did not play. After coming off not playing for, I think it was one or two games, uh, I think it was the Cavs game, and then he, he got some minutes in that Warrior game and has made an impact in both games immediately. What was your thoughts on Terrence Davis last night, just kind of as that progressed? I mean, I've always been somebody that has liked Terrence Davis and what he can bring, and the fact that he is somebody that can play. He can bring the ball up the floor. He can be he act as a shooting guard. He can play small forward, something that we could see even as soon as tomorrow night against San Antonio if Keegan Murray misses any time. Um, the fact that he just is able to do so many things, and he plays, I know that the kind of hard-nosed defense that Mike Brown probably loves, he just is so energized and all over the place. And the fact that he has the ability to, and I think I've said it before on this podcast, I call it like almost Buddy Heald-esque, how right. when he gets cooking right. and his shots are falling from three, they come in bunches. And you kind of know after the first one or two three-pointers he takes what kind of night he's going to have. As soon as he came on the floor last night and let it fly, it just no never, it, it never stopped. Mm-hmm. And that's huge for this Kings team to have. And again, it kind of speaks to their depth. And I know that we've talked about the depth they have, but... When you look at Terrence Davis, who had a huge game last night. When you look at Kevin Herter, who did what he's done so well all season long and hitting three-pointers. When you look at what Keegan Murray, when he's on the floor, can do when he runs a new game. Harrison Barnes. And then you look at Sabonis. It takes a lot of load off of De'Aaron Fox, which is exactly what happened last night. De'Aaron Fox only scored, I believe, 14 points. And it, it just kind of speaks to where the Kings are at in their depth. Terrence Davis is somebody that I think is completely showing he deserves to play more than he has over the first 12 games of the season. And I think Mike Brown's going to stick with him. But super impressive and electric. I mean, who would have thought on the TNT game, Terrence Davis would be the one to deliver 30 points and completely lead this team to victory? Not I. And I mean, I was just looking it up because uh, I was actually talking to my girlfriend last night who went to the game. And she was like, wow, like Terrence Davis, like that kind of came out of nowhere, right? And I was like, you know, we kind of don't talk about it often, but TD has done this before. He he had a game uh, against Detroit last year where he had 35. Uh, I don't think that was coming off the bench. He played 38 minutes that game. I'm looking here. But, yeah, and then he had that Spurs game where – They were trying to stay alive. I that, believe that was his first or second – or like it was like right after we had just traded it was, uh, it was It was a little after they got him. Um, it was Maybe in, like a month or so It was in the, so the, the COVID season. The, uh, mm-hmm. not, not the bubble season, the season after 2020-2021 where Fox went to help them save the protocols and right. they needed somebody to step up and they were literally battling the Spurs who they were tied with for a playing spot. Yep. And it was a hard-fought game and they lost, but TD had, had I think, 27, 28 points. Yeah. He had, hit seven three-pointers. Um, We've seen him do this before. He, he Something like this. I mean, we, this this obviously with the stage that it was on was oh, yeah. at a different level. I mean, it, it, it just was fun. And TD was the star of the night. He got to go on the court and, and scream, light the beam. <laughs> Light the beam. Uh, but again, it, to me, the most important takeaway from a game like last night is when you see what some of the supporting cast can do, that's the difference between what 
last year's Kings team or previous year's Kings teams has been. The fact that you have these supporting cast members that can do their job and not have – you don't have to focus on Fox and Sabonis. When you, when you win a game on national television, a night that you score 153 points and your two best players combined for 31 points, right. Talk you, about you, it. you're getting 122 <laughs> points from, from right. the rest of your cast. Against a team which, mind you, the Brooklyn Nets, by the way, were not – they're no slouch defensively. They're one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. That's all they got. Didn't happen last yeah. night. No, uh, I have a quick note here. The Kings bench last night scored 83 points, setting a new season high. The previous season high for bench points for them was 67. Uh, they now move to 5-5 five and five on the year when uh, when they outscore their opponents off the bench. 0-4 start, Chris. 0-4 start. And here we are. They are now 7-2. Seven 7-2 and two. Seven, seven and two cents. 7-2 cents. And they have Who a... Who thought? Not me. They currently are 8th in the West. They have a... Top five point differential right. in the Western Conference. I believe it's a, a two point five. Two and a half. Plus that, two and a half. I just, I guess, I cannot it, remember the last time a Kings team was positive point differential. Well, brings me to my next question. We saw the early start, and I don't think we. I I was. I don't want to say like I'm on my soapbox here. I was on my soapbox at the time and screaming at everybody, "Don't panic! Everything's fine." I wasn't panic. It just felt relatively normal to me to be on four four games in. It just feels that's the way the Kings have gone. I never felt panicked, and Mike Brown preached that. He said, he said all along he feels that the Kings were close to breaking through. The players were saying the same things. Now we've seen this team has has battled its way back without even really battling. I mean, I don't want to say they've been winning these games with ease, but this is a, a, a type of basketball where it's sustainable. they have not looked overmatched. Right. And that's my question to you. Do you think this is sustainable? Do you think that this team, this is what the Sacramento Kings are, the 2022-23 Sacramento Kings, do you yeah. believe what we're seeing right now is sustainable and do you think it's something that is, is their true identity? Absolutely, and I think the thing that makes me so confident confident about that is it's not, like I th- believe you mentioned earlier, it's not De'Aaron Fox scoring 30 points on a nightly basis and then trying to get somebody else to contribute on top of that. You have those nights, you have the De'Aaron completely taking, you know, the Los Angeles kind of game where – Darren completely takes over, wins that game for them. It's not Demonis Sabonis is average. You know, both of Demonis and De'Aaron are, are leading the team, and then you need a third person. We're seeing collective team efforts here from just about everybody. Kevin Herter's having nights where he's the most important player on the court. Malik Monk has had several games this season where he's made a huge impact. Trey Lyles had a game where he made a huge impact and continues to, to shoot well off the bench. Obviously, Terrence Davis, after what he did last night, uh, I, I, you know, it's pretty clear he's going to be getting more minutes. Uh, you know, there's there's just been a complete group effort from these guys, and we haven't even unlocked Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes yet into this offense. I think Mike Brown has made points uh, that that Harrison has played well defensively and really shouted him out last night for for taking on the challenge of guarding KD. But if we can get Harrison Barnes to start kind of just doing Harrison Barnesy things offensively, getting to 14-6 and six maybe. I think if we can get Keegan Murray to knock down two to three threes consistently every night, look out. Because this team is already firing on all cylinders right now. Well, I guess not all cylinders, but is already firing and shooting the lights out. If we can get our two forwards to, to start playing ball here, I mean, offensively, the sky's the limit. 
And defensively, I think they've played pretty solid as well. They, At least clearly good enough to win. During but. the uh, the recent stretch, they have gone from 25th, I believe, or 26th in defensive rating to 20th. So, like, it's, a, it's a steady climb. Right. But, yeah, that's been their biggest problem so far. And when you have someone like Mike Brown who hopefully can make those tweaks and adjustments, he's doing enough to get the wins. Right. And you see it when he calls those quick timeouts. Like the Patty Mills gets wide open out of the, out of the to start the second half. Patty Mills gets a wide open three pointer, ten seconds in. Mike Brown calls a timeout yep. after I think fourteen seconds. Yeah, that's that's just it's something that I think is maybe we joke about it and like it shouldn't be overlooked though because the Kings right. made an adjustment and then they went on to completely tear the Nets apart right. in the third quarter, and it's because they make those in game adjustments and like you said the three point shooting, I think that coming into the season we all could agree that was their that was what to watch for mm-hmm. even after trading away Buddy Heald. Tyrese Halliburton, some of their best three-point shooters. They bring in Malik They're Monk. only three-point shooters. Only three-point shooters. They bring in Malik Monk. They bring in Kevin Herter. They draft Keegan Murray. The Kings right now, as of today, they are fourth in the NBA in three-point makes. Mm. And they are fifth in three-point uh, field goal percentage. 38% from three. They're lethal right now. And the fact that you have Demonis Sabonis in a game like last night where— Speaking of lethal shooters. Lethal shooters. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about that. That's my fault. That's my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> You just said the word. You can't even say the word. Play on words. Last night, you look at the Brooklyn Nets, who are a top three team in defending the paint. Mm -hmm. Last night, I figured, okay, well, the Kings are going to feed Sabonis. I'd imagine the Nets are going to double him in specific situations. That did not happen as much as I thought, (laughs) but they did sag off. I think they were paying more attention to Fox last night. They 100% were. And that kept people open. The Kings last night from three shot 20 of 41 from three. Right. 48%. The fact that they are still, I don't know, defenses are going to have to start taking notice of them. Right. I don't know if they're going to have to switch to a zone or what. No, it's, 100%. It's, I think, like, that's the kind of thing, again, that you can take You can take a positive out of and feel like that's something that you can bring to the playoffs. Like, in the playoffs, it's all matchup based and it's all scheming against each other. You're going like you play a team seven times max, four times minimum. You're going to figure out what they do best, what they don't do best. The key to staying in a playoff series is having those second, third layers of your offense that you can lean on and still be as productive. And I think what you just said points that out perfectly that like, yeah, Darren can have an off night, but then you can run things through Sabonis, and you see that the offense works just as well. It's a little bit different, but it works all of the same. Uh, and then, you know, when they focus in on that, you can go back to Deeran. You can rely on Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, these other guys to step up. Like, just it's like, so well, incredibly exciting. No, it's like, like it's like what which what are you gonna get tonight? Pick your poison. Are, are you gonna get the like last night the the role players right. all doing their part? Like you said, eighty four bench points, eighty three bench points, eighty three. 83 bench points. Sabonis and Fox only 31 points. That's easy win. Are you going to get Fox going for 37 and having a clutch shot like he did against the Magic? Are you going to have Sabonis just going completely out of his mind crazy right. against the Golden State Warriors? Right. There's so many different things. Like you said, there's still things that have, have to be unlocked. Harrison Barnes hasn't had his huge game. Uh, Keegan Murray has had a couple big nights, but he's going to have a moment. And that's the way that sports go, I understand, in basketball. But... The Kings have been very one-dimensional over the past couple of years, and they've they've had these situations where if you stop De'Aaron Fox, you're go they're going to beat you. Right. If, if if opposing teams come in and say let's stop Fox, it's kind of what we thought with the Warriors. The Warriors are kind of going through that, that right now. Right. If you stop Steph Curry, 
you're going to win the game because Clay Thompson is not Clay Thompson. That won the Kings yeah. the game. They they didn't let Steph Curry shoot the last two and a half minutes of their game, and they did not and who, make any who's playing points. De- and who was defending Steph Curry for the, five, the final two minutes? Were, it was De'Aaron Fox, and it was it was Demonis Sabonis, and they did the same exact thing with Kevin Durant yesterday. And it's one of those things where it's like, that's how you know the Kings have a. It's how you know the Kings haven't had good coaches in the past. B. That's how you know Mike Brown is a good coach because. It's so simple. It's the thing that everyone will tell you. Like, yeah, if it's just Kevin Durant on the court and he's their only offensive weapon, double-team him and make literally every and anybody else beat you. And so many times, how many times have we seen that that's just not the case? They don't double-team. They stay one-on-one. They try and, you know, in the past, I guarantee a previous Sacramento Kings head coach would have just put Casey Akpala on him and been like, this is how we stop Kevin Durant and whatever Kevin Durant does. At least we put our best defender on him and oh shucks, that's the best we can do. No, you can do what Mike Brown did with Steph Curry, with Kevin Durant, take the ball out of their hands, force them to move the ball and make yeah, I mean, what Edmund Summer, they played a box they and one, box from, and one. From, according to Mike Which Brown. I was, surpri- yeah. I was surprised. I didn't see it, but I, if I, you go back and it. watch, it's, it's subtle. Uh-huh. But there are some possessions where I, I notice it. I it was noticed, on staff. I noticed you have yeah, you, it was Davion right. at the time. Davion uh, was in the game that at the time. Sense. Right. And you can see Kevin Herter and, and, and Keegan Murray, the, the guys that are on yeah. the block. You can see yeah. the four in the box doing what they're supposed right. to do, and you can see the one. It's yeah, you you to look for it. Hmm. But yeah. I heard him interesting. I just didn't see I just didn't see Probably it. Probably back to like Right. That's some like, like real middle school yeah, stuff it's, where it's okay. like you four just stay have, here. Yeah, Play zone. You follow him just wherever he goes. Rest of go. you, just take your spot. Just guard your spot. Uh, it's it's fun to watch, man. You know, yeah. real quick side note about last night. Yeah. Uh, have you been seeing the national attention that Ben Simmons is getting for his <laughs> his? You pointed this out to me, and I have not seen it. I think it's crazy. I did. I had no idea. First of all, Kings fans, what what are you booing Ben Simmons for? So strange. What are you booing him for? Right. What do you do to you guys? He's just. I mean, let's try and connect these dots real quick because I I literally was trying and I couldn't. So there was rumors last year when the Kings ended up trading for Sabonis that they were equally as interested in Ben Simmons at the time. It sounds like they were very interested in him. Right. That never materialized. We all know what happens after that. The Kings trade Tyrese Halliburton, Demonis Sabonis. Ben Simmons goes unplayable the entire year, gets traded to Brooklyn, is now on Brooklyn. I don't see where. Why are we booing him? Why are we booing him? Like, what do you make? What do you make this team better right now? I would say absolutely not. No, he's he is again a yeah. shell of himself right. right now because the national media is giving him props for scoring eleven points, the most points he scored in over a year, allegedly. That's so crazy. that is a that was a <laughs> that that was a title on an article from the Athletic today. Ben Simmons, season high, eleven points. I think that it was talking about how he's been, he had a good game, and he doesn't appreciate all the outside inside pressure he's getting from your. I don't know. It's 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 Ben Simmons has reached Markel Fultz territory yes. where we're we're proud of him for playing basketball. Yes. It's like I don't get I the booze, but bad. I also don't get the <laughs> right, the, the, uh, the pat the, on the back right. for eleven points. I mean the the Nets are the Nets are in shambles right now. One of my friends that right. doesn't even like basketball. Uh, in one of my group chats today was, you know, my friends that are Kings fans are saying, oh, my God, Kings were so great. And he said, well, aren't the Nets like a circus? Right. So you know what they are. but We the, can stamp it. But a difference is 
the Kings were usually the circus. Right. And teams would come say, in to Sacramento. ahead of the curve. Kings, teams would come in here and say, hey, here's a get right. Or if the teams that were struggling would say, hey, here's Sacramento, they're a nightmare. We're gonna be able, it's yep. a get right opportunity. Yep. Not a get right opportunity last night. The Kings won my 30 points. Frank, so. you have now officially been confirmed. Uh, your tweet is, is now officially official. The Sacramento Kings are no longer the most dysfunctional team in the NBA. I put that meme out, and then we just 30-pieced, or I'm sorry, the Sacramento Kings. We. Back to the <laughs> we. Back to the we thing. Uh, the Sac- you and I could have had a couple points last night, we, I think. I might have, I might have fired one right. off. You know, I have, right. a fr- I have a friend, by the way, that is— I feel like I know what you're going to say. —is I, convinced he could score on DeMarcus Cousins. Specifically on DeMarcus. Yes. And my friend's big, a big guy. He played college football, but right. I still don't— And our argument is he is— DeMarcus Cousins is 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 six eleven has like a seven two wingspan I think right. you're six four like two eighty or whatever right you you will not score on him right you just won't has he's he not too much seen length. that video of DeMarcus blocking all those tiny school children yes that would and and his I think <laughs> his shot he's a good buddy of mine Anthony Boyk and you're a good buddy of mine but he thinks he might be able to like get a shot off because he can shoot he he kind of I mean, sure you can make one shot. But, like, if you're trying to take him in the post or you're trying to drive, not like, happening. it's just not going to happen. It's not happening. You can but, make a jump shot, sure. But there are people out there that think they can score on professionals, which is kind of kind of crazy to me. The only thing that – who got – was it LeBron that got dunked on the Oda camp by, <laughs> yeah, by yeah, a high by, score? Uh, O.J. Mayo. Uh, no, no, it was by uh, Jordan Crawford's brother. Or Jam- oh, it was Jordan, it was Jordan Crawford. Crawford. I said Jordan. Yeah, That's right. Jamal Crawford's brother. I think his brother. Um, well, but I digress. But. You, you mentioned – I want to take this back just a little bit because I did find this note uh, – Demonis Sabonis in three games against the Golden State Warriors this season. If you had to guess what his stat line is in the three games. He had a really big game on Sunday. Right. I'm going to guess His he's... first big game of the season was against the Warriors as well. He he didn't play a full game. He played three quarters in that in that when they scored. If he had foul trouble. Half. Right. I'm gonna that guess that was the first game Mezzi came in. Twenty twenty two, sixteen, and seven. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, what? 21 points, 16.7 rebounds, 6 assists. Very close. Three games wow. against the Golden State Warriors on 52% from the field, 40% from three, 80% from the line. Let me ask you this question, I guess. If, and this isn't really that much complicated of a question, it's kind of a simple question. If Demonis Sabonis and Aaron Fox both continue to do what they're doing, only one player can make it to the All Star yes. game. If they even want to have one. And by the way, for the record, if the Kings are playing this brand of basketball come February or late January. when One them, of them will make it. One of them, ha- they have, have to. to. Right. It's malpractice if they don't. Right. It's, it, I know it's political with NBA All-Star nods and everything, yeah. but um, if you had to guess only one's going to go, which one's it going to be? Spiritually, it's 100% been De'Aaron Fox. I mean, he, he's been the head of the snake. How many times does that have to be said that De'Aaron Fox has far as far as this team goes De'Aaron Fox takes them um but you look at the numbers and not not stats numbers but if you look at like the numbers game there's less competition at center than at guard I mean just you know Steph Curry Devin Booker John Morant Damian Lillard Damian Lillard De'Aaron Fox is is in he is at Shea Gilders Alexander is also having having a great incredible year year. OKC is Right on the tails of the Kings, I think they're the nine or ten seed right now. They're on the same. Like they're they're having a similar start to the season, right? And if if they continue, you know, there's always OKC trying to tank things. So you know, Shea might get pulled, and that could affect his All Star uh, candidacy. But 
Uh, Tieran is absolutely in that top five, but I think only three or four guards will end up making it. So uh, he's kind of got a tough road ahead of him where if you look at Sabonis, it's really Jokic. I, don't, I haven't really checked on DeAndre Ayton, but he's like an option. I don't think he's ever been an all before. I don't think so either. Uh, let's see here. Like who in the West? I mean, I don't Laurie know. Laurie Markkinen? Jeez. Oh, I forgot to mention Luca also in the yeah, guard and conversation. Yeah, you, you have Cat. I mean, Cat is Kat, somebody for sure. I don't know. Um, I don't. If Gobert makes it by the, at this point, I mean, oh I don't know what kind of season he's had. I know that the Timberwolves have been very disappointing. They have. I'm just look. I if they if this we're, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I right. want to make sure I'm not getting ahead of ourselves. That's in February. <laughs> it's been it's been 13 games, and I don't want to. I'm just I'm. It's a simple thought. I'm just saying if the Sacramento Kings are playing this way in January. Mm-hmm. They need to have some more recognition. And it, it yeah. kind of came to my brain because of last night. The Kings were looked at as just like a, a joke last night. And I heard from people that people like the guys on TNT were, were getting names wrong and making jokes. And the Kings are still the butt of a joke. And it's games like last night that will help change that narrative. Yeah. And if that happens, you need to have a little more respect and you need to have a little more recognition. And with that comes all star nods, more television games on national TV just not being the butt of everyone's joke. And like you pointed out, the SNL skit. Right. Kings got their revenge for that last night. Yes. It's just, I don't want to say it's like a revenge tour, but like that's what LeBron James. Looking, looking. <laughs> looking for revenge. Drizzy? Yeah. That was a good summer. Good summer 16. He, side note, just like at a, at a Drake concert, doesn't he have like too many songs to like pick from? He has just so, so it's many. It's a problem to have. That's a great problem to have. Too many wins would be a great problem to have, too. But no, I'm just, I I'm very hopeful and happy, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. And again, like I told you, my, my non basketball friend was saying, Has that only been thirteen games? Yeah, it's been thirteen games, but the Kings are over five hundred right. after a tough start to the season. They have more tough games ahead, but they have been in every game they have played. Even the Memphis game mm-hmm. when they lost by fifteen. Desmond Bain was ridiculous, which, yeah. by the way— They both dropped 30, if I'm not mistaken. Which, right? by the way, when the Kings are in Memphis in a couple of days here, Desmond Bain will not be playing. He has suffered, I think, an ankle injury. Hmm. So, hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying I feel pretty good. The Kings have San Antonio Thursday. Marvin Bagley returns on Sunday. The, the <laughs> so Pistons, is Corey Joseph. So is Corey Joseph. The Pistons are 3-15. and 15. Corey three Joseph had a— world. Can we— Corey Joseph had a game winner, wasn't it last year or two years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. He had yes. a game winner against the Kings. Yes, yes. I was sick. Yes. I was sick. I felt that. Um, but anyways, I don't want to get too far. We can talk about the uh, the schedule in a few. Yeah. Um, I want to get into the the fun stuff here. Let's do it. What are your thoughts on— I think there's two novelty yes. things that are happening right now. There are. The Kings have two— "Quote unquote" things. Chris Watkins right now is holding up a band aid, which is no idea why this is. Why in, is that in here? This is. Did somebody know. get injured? It must be Dave. Dave no, must have. I wonder if Dave came in and put a band aid yeah, on his face. Chronicle Dave probably did. What are your thoughts? I guess we'll start with the. We'll start with the band aids. Okay. The band aids is like the one that kind of came right. not before the beam, but right. uh, coming into I believe Sunday night's game. Right. Malik Monk already had had the the, the band aids on for a couple day games there. Um, De'Aaron Fox's his very nice wife Rose was handing out band-aids. We got a couple. Mm-hmm. We threw, we threw them on for pregame. We bought in, had Pass fun. Sacramento Kings have caught on. They handed out five thousand band-aids <laughs> for last night's game. And everywhere I walked on the concourse, I was seeing it. It looked like a Nelly concert or something. So I was wondering, 
we'll start with that one first. Do you think that's a fun? It's a fun thing. For, it's fun, or are you kind of just what are you doing? I just want to know what you think. I've been workshopping this story for a while. I'll probably tell it on Saturday for Kings Weekly. It's not for me. Like I'm not going to show up. You know, shout out our our homie Brendan. He he has embraced this band aid thing a lot, and I you, you know you me and Brendan all wore the band aid for for a period of time on uh, for, what was the, that for the pregame was that Sunday Sunday's game. It's for the kids. Like, that's it's a kid's thing. And, like, we should not lose sight that, like, basketball is fun. And, like, for a kid, that is something marketing-wise that, like, is huge for the team. My girlfriend, Samantha Sharp, you know Sam. Yes. She lovely, lovely Sam. Loves the Kings. She loved the Kings when she – I was promised this story is going somewhere. When she was a kid, watched every Kings game, just like I'm sure all of us did – she would show up to school the next day after they lost with a towel over her head because that's what Bobby Jackson would do when they would lose games. Wow. She loved Bobby. She, like, was obsessed with Bobby. Still to this day is obsessed with Bobby Jackson. But, like, she would show up to school the next day with a towel over her head just because she knew, like, that's what Bobby does. And, you know, we all remember Mike Bibby doing the, na- the clipping thing. his nails yeah. on the side. Like, they're not thinking about those kind of things when they're doing those actions, but like we can't forget that. Like, again, this is like it's just for the like that. That's the kind of thing where it's like you can't take the enjoyment out of it because you're an adult. Like you have to think like, yeah, like somewhere this is building. That's how you build a fan base with children and like you know with teens and whatever, even the adults. You know, Vivek's wearing a, a freaking band aid yeah, on his face. Like it's just a fun way of interacting with your team. And that's something I think that I think you and I are, I think, a little desensitized from. I am right. as far as, like, the fan part of things right. where this is a sporting event. Like, we've worked and and I, I have not gone to a, a Kings game as a in fan. Like four years. In a long, long time. And I thought about that the other day thinking about how, you know, I'm a huge Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. And if I were to go to a Yankees fan and they, if the Yankees all had a, I don't know, an eye black, like a, a symbol right. on their cheek. Right. And all the fans are doing it. I would do it. I'd be like, this would be so much fun to go to the game and everyone's doing it. You're a part of something. Right. And I think the Kings right now have been, there has been no reason to have, I mean, you go to the games just to go to the game and try to luck into having a fun time. I think over the past couple of years, which is unfortunate to say, people are going to Golden 1 right now and having a blast. Yeah. It is the loudest I've heard it in years. The Band-Aid aspect of it, it's bringing enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And then the number one thing. Yep. We can transition right now is which I think is a hit and I honestly love it. Right. I don't it's just it's such a simple thing. It's it's crazy how simple it is just to throw a light on top of the arena and fire it up. But the beam, man, the beam is gold. It's insane. It's like there's I just yeah, it's so simple. Like it's so simple. Like you said, they just turn a light on and just blind the every pitch. helicopter. Hear me out. Yeah. What if we light that <laughs> sky up? Light a beam right. on top of the building that fires into space. But only when we win. And people I'm surprised people weren't like, Well, we're not gonna win that many times. We're only no, gonna fire that thing up thirty times. You see the national oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thing's gonna get cobwebs yeah. if it was being yeah. lit up like a, a couple years ago. Yeah. Like Fox and Rookie year they won twenty seven games that right. thing would have been lit up like in like, the yeah. home like their home record but <laughs> their home record was bad too well they do it home and away but but it's something that is so fun in yeah. in it's every like i i think the simplicity of it is the beauty of it like it's not trying to do too much it's not trying to like be super cool or like super high tech or anything it's just we just light the fucking sky up light the beam 
Yeah. Light the beam. And that's what you see Fox at it post game right. on Sunday. You see last night Terrence Davis screamed it into the microphone right. uh, a post game. And you see it the na- the yeah. national media. When they've became the the beam team. They're the beam team. Kevin Herter named them the beam team. That is that's I, look. I just can't even put Chicago it. Chicago has Bean Town. We have Beam Town. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Are we Beam Town now? Uh, I think we're Beam Town. We're Beam Town. No more Sack Town. Right. We had to change our name to Beam Town. Right. Beam Town Sports. Sports. We will do it. I'm doing it every time we win, and uh, and I have to do anything. But you see, down. the NBA's Twitter account last night said that Sacramento's firing up the Beam. Right. They. You had Rob Perez, who has been like a, a an online NBA personality for a long time. He he's putting out uh, edited videos of. Of Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and, and firing up the beam and right. a Star Wars edit came out today. It's just all these fun things that are coming out. Obviously, you have the laser, laser Austin Powers uh, reference. It just is so fun to have a thing. And there's two, they have two of them right now. The band aid, I would say, will probably Band-Aid's go away eventually. Like I think stuff. when I think when the losing streak or when I'm losing streak, when the hey winning, now when, Frank, hey, don't hey. you put that on me? It's in my brain. It's in my brain. <laughs> when the winning streak comes to an end, I can see Malik Monk retiring the band aid. Yeah. Uh, but it also makes it funnier that Fox is so against right. the Band-Aids right. that maybe he'll keep it going at a spike. Because right. the rest of the guy, Sabonis loves it. Monk loves it, obviously. So uh, I'm a big fan of firing up the beam. Yeah, I am too. I think it's, uh, again, I keep saying it, but the simplicity of it is so... Shout out Terrence Davis yesterday who was also trying to find figure out like... The button? the No, he's trying to figure out the words for like... He's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just... It's just it's just, it's just cool. It's just like cool. it's just like yeah. it's just like it's just a cool thing. Like I don't. He was literally just like fumbling, like I yes. am right now, just fumbling, trying to figure out what what makes it so special. We win games and we fire a laser right. into the sky, man. Right, it's, it's awesome. And like traditionally, teams will whatever you know. If the Knicks win, they'll light up Madison or whatever the Empire, Empire State, State building. building with blue and orange and. But like a lot, of, most teams don't have something like this, and this is a very unique thing. And it's cool, really, really cool that the the city has embraced it so much. I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if it's it sticks and you know moving forward and forward seasons they do it. But it's working for now. I think it's really cool. You have people crowding around Golden One Center right. when the game is over, waiting for right. the beam to right. be lit and chanting "Light the beam." You know what I'm excited it's just, for? It's just wild to We see. need to get, if the Kings really get rolling here and we have like a road game watch party or something, and just to have a crowd of people outside, like what it looked like last yeah. night, oh, where yeah. it's a crowd of people running outside to make sure that they get the video of the beam being lit on their social medias. Like, Absolutely. That moment is like going to be huge. I if, mean, that's... If- that's your Kings viral moment the Kings when they would, win big games. I think the Kings would do just that. If they get late in the season and have some big games down the stretch, like if they're, let's say hypothetically, knock on wood, it's a night they're in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and if they win, they clinch a playing spot. Right. That that outside area of Golden One Center will be packed. They'd have screens mm-hmm. up, and they'd light that beam, and the place would go nuts. I think it'd be a great, great experience for them, for the Kings to, or a great opportunity for the Kings to have, have uh, some fans out there. So... Toronto had <laughs> Jurassic Park. Milwaukee had the Deer District. What is Doko? I think it's King's Landing. I think that's what it's been like. I think that's what people okay. refer. Like, it's already been referred to it as. But are you, are you trying to rename it in a beam? No, I don't. I don't think it needs to be beam centric. King's Landing's fine King's, to me. King's Landing's fine. It makes sense. It all works, and you know, it's obviously pointing towards Game of Thrones referencing. Like, is that what is that what's called? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like I thought it was like a reference to Knight's Landing, the city that's. Oh like, no, King's Landing is a uh, it's a town in in Game of Thrones. Okay, so it you know I guess it yeah it makes sense there. Okay, I was still trying to make this is completely irrelevant, but I'm still trying to make the vault work as a as a uh, nickname for Golden One Center. The vault, the vault, because it looks like a bank vault. It's it, well, one. it is Golden One exactly. It um, does not. It's not that deep. <laughs> it's honestly not that good. I know we have to get to we awards here. To, um, yeah. Quick side note, Chris. I know Mike Brown was hired as a defensive mind, right? But the Sacramento Kings are currently they are second in the NBA in points per game. They are second in the NBA in offensive rating. That is something I did not have on my Kings bingo card. The best defense is a good offense. <laughs> and they are doing that. And again, their defense right now, their defensive rating is not great. 26 out of 30, not happening. But when you score 120 points per game and you're allowing 117, I think you're going to live. Yeah, and I think exactly that. Like, on a game like last night, the Kings score 153 points. It kind of doesn't matter how much the other team scored. Brooklyn ends up scoring 121. You traditionally will not enjoy giving up 121 points in a game. Uh, but when the Kings have scored... What? How many games is this where they they keep hovering around this one thirty mark, and if you're going to keep scoring 130, 120 plus points, uh, they have scored 120 plus points in all four of their wins in this four game winning. They haven't scored right under 100 now. yet. They've not scored under 100 points this yes, year. Yes, the lowest they've scored is 107. Is 107. Um, and like in a game they lost by three. Again, they lost by three. It's the point differentials too. It's the point right. differentials. They're they're they're. What six losses have all been by I think single digits except for the, except for the Memphis, Memphis game. game, and that was game that got away from them late because of who Desmond Bain. Right. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling Me really too. good about this team. I'm feeling optimistic. Are you feeling the same way? I'm feeling very optimistic. I feel like uh, you know with these two light games coming up against San Antonio and Detroit, that's an opportunity to kind of get ahead here in the win column. They have a tough road trip where they play at Memphis, at Atlanta, at Boston. Come back for Phoenix. You might stack some losses there, and as as many games ahead of five hundred you can get, just to kind of build your cushion. And we've seen now this Kings team can surprise you on a given night. So as long as you you're not going zero and three in that road trip, uh, kind of you know back in the day we back in the day two years ago last year we would talk about how they would have these huge chunks of games and not to lose just. Win one yeah. so that they could not lose nine in a row. It's no, that, no but on a much smaller scale. Don't lose four in a row. Yeah, don't lose four in a row to Memphis, Atlanta, Boston, Phoenix. Win one. If you win two, that's considered a victory to me. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's the losing streaks that kill you. It's the losing streaks that have killed the like, Literally, the right. losing streaks that have killed the Kings the past couple of years. A nine-game losing – they had two nine-game losing streaks two years right. ago. They had an eight-game losing streak last year. Mm-hmm. If you can just cut those into three-game losing streaks, it's going to happen. The Kings are going to hit a two, three-game skid this year. It's just yep. going to – it's naturally going to happen. They're not the they're not the 2016 right. Golden State Warriors. They're going to lose two, three in a row. But limiting those and cutting those down and is going to be staying competitive huge. in those games. Just compete. You win two, okay. I mean, you lose two in a row, okay, go get one. Mm-hmm. Cut it short. It sounds simple, but it really is It is that simple. It is. Just do not let these streaks get away from you. Like you said, tough stretch. You have the Grizzlies, Hawks, Celtics, Suns, Thanksgiving week. Got to take care of business. But again, the games that you should win are first and foremost, in my opinion, the most important. Right. San Antonio, Detroit, those are two wins that you need to have. 
And uh, we're going to see what happens. But I'm feeling very, very optimistic, which is kind of crazy that we're sitting here. And the Kings are staring at a possible six-game winning streak if they can get those wins against San Antonio and think and about the fact that the two-minute report games against Miami and Golden State, we're looking at them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to get ahead of myself Could or be eight. behind myself. Could be eight. Um, quickly, quickly, awards. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Who's your king of the I'm going to go with Demonis Sabonis. Just, uh, you know, just an incredible week for Domas. I mentioned his stats against Golden State earlier. Uh, I have here in my notes, he now has five or more assists in eight straight games. This is the fourth time in his career he has done that. Uh, just continuing to to be an incredible playmaker, doing it on the offensive end, doing it against teams that I feel like he shouldn't be doing it against, that, that Orlando game. Like you mentioned, how good Brooklyn's been in the paint this year for him to, to still not be afraid to go at Nick Claxton the way he's been going at him. Uh, the foul trouble is absolutely something that needs to be addressed. It's but, getting better. You know, it's exactly. It's getting better. Um, and I think he's only fouled out once, once maybe twice this season. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Demonis Sabonis. I love it. He's been dominant. I mean, again, he's somebody, like I mentioned before, in all these different angles the Kings can come at you. His presence inside is just – and Rashawn Holmes did a great job over the past couple of years in his role, but it just doesn't even compare right. the, the dominance that Demonis Sabonis can bring as far as on the glass and when he's scoring. And we've seen that his touch around the rim, something that you were, were – criticizing over the opening it's stretch. It's back. It's He's, back. The touch is back. And so, it makes me feel like he did have a tough stretch to start the he season. He really did. No, it was noticeable. Because I was like, I swear he used to make these shots like, all the time. He, like He was automatic under He the was rim. the scapegoat the first four right. games. He was the people, the, the player that people were pointing fingers at. They were, they were saying Crazy. he's not playing. That was when the Halliburton stuff popped mm-hmm. up again, which that's going to be a discussion for the next forever right. but we play um, we play the Indiana Pacers on the 30th of yes. November. Yes. It's re- it's a revenge tour for for um Marvin Bagley on Sunday and then you have Halberton 10 days later and bu- and and Buddy Heald. Yeah, Bogey as well. I think he's out. He is out, but you know. Um no, Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday. Oh, not Mo Harkless. Uh last uh sorry for me. My king of the week has to go to Terrence Davis in my opinion. Right. TD on TNT 31 TD. 31 points last night. Nine rebounds, four assists, three steals, a block, 12 of 16 from the field, tied a career high with seven made three-pointers out of 10 attempts. He was ridiculous last night, 75% from the field, just ridiculous. Outplayed Kevin Durant. Outplayed Kevin Durant. Terrence Davis, (laughs) shout out, I think it was Kings Herald put it out, TD over KD, love it. Uh, Is there anything else that you would like to? uh, You know what we're going to do? What are we going to do? We're not actually Coke Machine of the Week. I don't know if we need Well, that. no, I'm saying it's going to go to it's going to go to the NBA for not giving the Kings more national TV yeah. games. Yeah. They want these small markets to be successful. Do they? That's what I'm saying. They <laughs> they say they do though. Right. They say they do. Yes, they do. Prove it. Stop putting the Lakers on Stop national television. Stop putting the Lakers on national television. <laughs> Please. Charles Please. said something smart last night. He said, "Give the give the <laughs> Can you do it, Charles?" No. I don't know if I can either. Hey, Lakers are terrible. This is terrible. Lakers, Ter- are, Lakers are terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Put the That's Kings on. That's all you can really do is just say terrible. Ter- That's, That's terrible. Really all he does. Put the, put the Kings on national TV. <laughs> Shaq, is, <coughs> Shaq is easy. He's, you. <laughs> I got I to gotta, like think of something he said. Selling Stop it. it. Stop it is always... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just uh, kind of make uh, noises. Uh, uh, mm. 
Well, that's going to do it here from <laughs> that's Atlanta <already>. Studios. <laughs> well, Shaq, the Kings only have one nationally televised game this year. They give them more. The Sacramento Queens. Don't end, don't end on that note. Yeah. Don't end on that note. Uh, Seven to nine, everybody. Seven to nine. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you have a I've show. Got some random, yeah. Let me oh, throw out these ahead, random ahead, stats here. The Kings dish out 39 assists last night. That is the fourth time over the last 25 seasons that the Kings have done such a thing. Last night was also the 19th time in NBA history that a team has shot 60 percent from the field and uh, hit 20 or more threes. That is the first time in franchise history that that has happened. These Kings are different. That is and I'm, I'm absolutely insane. I am. I'm at the point where I'm very excited to come into the arena every day. Yes. I'm very excited. Um, Chris, you have a show on I Saturday. Do. I do have a show on Saturday. plug it. From 11 to 12, you can hear me and Frankie will be joining be me this house. weekend uh, on Kings Weekly. Every single week on Saturday at 11 o'clock, hosted by myself. We talk all things Kings. We recap the week. Talk about what stuck out. Stuck, uh, talk about the biggest news, biggest storylines. Giving away tickets. Uh, all that stuff. I do believe I will be giving away tickets to... Pistons game. Know, probably the Pistons game, uh, which will be the following day. Uh, might also might also have some Pacers tickets. We'll see. We'll see what Ooh. happens. We'll see how many people listen. How about that? Yeah. If I have more than 60 live viewers. If you feel like it. Yeah. You're, putting dem- <laughs> you're, putting, you're putting demands yeah. out. My list of demands. Yeah. If you want tickets, you got to get your friends and your friends' friends listening. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll, we'll see you Saturday. Yeah, we mentioned the Kings have two easy games coming up against the Spurs Quote and unquote, the Pistons. Easy. Hopefully they can k- take care of business there. They, like we said earlier, go on a little bit of a road trip. Memphis on Tuesday, Atlanta on Wednesday, Boston on Friday. We will probably join you sometime during that little road trip stretch there. So be on the lookout for episodes. For Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. We need to get out of here. Drop that horn for me one time. Yes, sir. This has been the Return of the Roar podcast. Uh, Bye-bye.